and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavrita Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Gittin, daf Samach Dalit, page 64. Our daf opens with the Mishnah. We have another Mishnah in the middle of the daf. Yerdena, you'll take the second one. I'm taking the first. It begins, of course, on the bottom of the previous daf. Matnitin, Aishash Amra, Hitkabel Ligiti. A woman who says to a shaliach, to a, an agent, a messenger, go receive my get for me. She needs to have two sets of witnesses, meaning the witnesses are going to confirm that she is in fact divorced at the time that the shaliach accepts the get from the husband. So Right, so the first is to say, yes, she did make this appointment. Otherwise, could you imagine? You could just have, like, people going up to the husband and saying, oh, your wife sent me to be your, to be her shaliach. But, like, he doesn't have any proof of that. You know, then he's going to send a get. So the witnesses here, you know, attest to the fact that she has, in fact, given this instruction. And then the second group of witnesses say that, in fact, the shaliach accepted the get. They say, you know, he accepted it in my in our presence, and it was then torn. This is, I don't even know, Yerdina, I don't know if I've even had enough experience in the Beitin to explain exactly how the get is torn, but it's not like, a you know, as much as we talked about the ketubah, do you hang it on your wall or do you not? The get is not a, a document for, like, future, like, uh, well, I don't know. The way, the way it works is you the get actually stays with the Besden, so it's right. there, and you get something that's called a pator, which is like the document certifying that you got to get. And my understanding is, and what I've seen done, is that you are actually told to keep copies of your pator with other family members or friends. That makes so sense. That if something were to happen, there's, there's evidence that you received a, a, a get. But the get is actually the, not kept at home. The get, the get itself is torn. It's destroyed. Right. Meaning, I don't know if, I, I, I do think that a responsible bait team will keep it. I think that there have been times people go to, like, you know, they want to prove it, let's say that they're divorced, and the bait team doesn't always have it. Like, it's a complicated thing because, because it's not kept, it's not supposed to be kept in a pristine way um, to begin with. Meaning the process includes tearing the document. Um, and then, and then that is, right, the, it's symbolic, right? Now the marriage has been torn apart and they are divorced. So the the mission goes on. Even if the two people, even if you have two people who are both sets of witnesses, meaning instead of having four people, two for the her statement and two for the for the giving of the get, you have the same two people. They travel with the shaliach. That's fine. Like that will still work. It just means that there needs to be testimony at both of these occasions. Not that you actually need four witnesses. Oh, or you could have, you know, one person who, two, you know, one person who travels with the shaliach and one person at the beginning and one person at the end. Meaning the combination doesn't matter. You still need kosher witnesses. They need to not be related to each other. To related to you. All of those parameters that at some point we'll, you know, delve into much more about what does it take to be a witness, but. The point is that they're not sticklers here to say that when when the Mishnah says you need two witness two sets of witnesses, they don't mean two sets of witnesses. They really mean two occasions of witnessing. Look about you know, is gonna of course delve it. I'm now really on Amadal of of, of sixty four. 
Eitamar, Baal Omer Lepikadon Vishalish Omer Legirushin. So here's a case where we have a husband says that he gave the get to another person for safekeeping, not to deliver to the wife, meaning she's not divorced yet. And then the third per- the third person, the, the third party, not the husband, not the wife, the third party, um, is has this document, and he says that he was going to be the shaliach to accept it. Um, but in the meantime, the husband says, but he wasn't giving it to that person for divorce purposes, only for safekeeping purposes. Now, who are you going to say is, is the reliable, credible person here? Rav Huna Amar, Baal Ne'aman. Rav Chisna Amar, Shalish Ne'aman. Rav Huna says that the husband is the one who's credible, believable. We go with him. Rav Chisna says, no, it's that third party um, who's not, you know, who's not um, um, invested in the divorce happening. That person is the one who's deemed credible. Now the Gemara is going to explain. Rav Huna Amar, Baal Ne'aman, Di'im Ita Delegerushin Yehavi Nehila, Ladida Hava Yehavla Nehila. Rav Luna says we're going to accept the the husband because it, he could have just given the get to his wife and then she would be divorced. He doesn't need a third party there. So the fact that he's giving it to a third party is kind of the proof for Rav Huna that he meant it to be for safekeeping and not for the purposes of divorce. Rav Chisah says the third party is the one who is deemed credible because the very fact that the husband gave him the get is the proof that the husband himself thinks that he's a trustworthy person, right? So, but trustworthy for what I, is what I would say, meaning you want to follow the, the husband's story, then you're saying he's trustworthy for for protecting the document, not necessarily, you know, going beyond that for this purpose. Um, okay, the Gemara then goes into a whole discussion over how we handle um, how the people who are involved in a divorce end up lining up with the players, let's say the people who would be involved in other kinds of um, litigation. And when do you have, when do you say that the people who are involved are more believable? And when do you say a third party is more believable, right? And then there's a whole discussion over a monetary debt versus the, this kind of, you know, this document, the get is not a monetary issue. It has monetary strings attached, but it's not really about the money of it. So I, I'm going to stop here, but I just want to note that the discussion that, you know, that proceeds here on the Gemara um, is heavy hitting, right? Like it's really getting to the details and the essence of what the legality is of this kind of process of having a shaliach at what point and, you know, and when does divorce kick in and when does it not? Yeah, and I, I think it shows you, like, you know, there's, when, what seems to be is that when it comes to divorce, there's multiple parties involved and multiple people involved. And, you know, it becomes an issue then of, you know, who's trustworthy? What do we believe about how the divorce was actually done? Who's responsible for the delivery? Uh, who's responsible for making sure that it happens? I, I don't know. It's, it's I, I guess today, because things are documented in a different way uh nothing is really done by speech anymore and there you're dealing in a time where things are done by speech right by having someone else validate it today we live in a world where it's you forward an email you so you show a screenshot of a text like there's very little we do that doesn't have visual proof to it 
Um, and this is a different type of proof it's saying, I saw this happen, but you're not actually bringing anything other than you verifying that you saw it here. It's like you can, we bring it in our world today. We have visual proof that can be shared by multiple people. Right, right, exactly. And I want to go back to the point that we discussed the other day, which is that, you know, you, the, the idea of, excuse me, the idea of multiple people being involved strikes me as a little strange from the outset, unless you're talking about a situation where, for whatever reason, the timeliness of the delivery of the get really matters. I don't know, somebody's going off to Mizidatayam, he's going to be away, wants to cover all his bases before he leaves. I don't know. Or if there's hassle between them in such a degree that they need to use intermediaries. Now, if that's the reason, then some of the discussion about, well, he could have just given the get to the wife directly falls by the wayside, right? Meaning if the couple can't be in the same room together and that's why they need intermediaries or shaliach, then, then now we understand perhaps why there were so many people involved. I, I don't know that there has to be so many people involved. Plenty of people, you know, plenty of people get divorced, you know, at least nowadays, you know, you go to a court, you go to a rabbinic court and the, the get is written. The get is handed from the husband to the wife. She accepts it in her hands. It is torn. Right. And then they kind of all go home. I, I, I don't yeah, mean to minimize pretty, it. If you've seen one done, which I have, it's, it's, really anticlimactic in a certain way right so i have also seen it and the only time it's not anticlimactic is when the couple is so at odds with each other that there's drama because because they don't get along and so you know we can't be if they can't be in the same room we'll get or there's sniping and fighting and whatever but that has nothing to do with the halacha of get that's human relationships Right. I, I think that is a that's a very fair point. All right. I'm going to move on now to uh, the next Mishnah, uh, which is going to take a little bit of a different direction of what's uh, going to talk about. Um, and it, it begins as follows. So here we have a case of the Nara Mursa. So remember, this is a minor girl who has done the first half of the whole wedding ceremony. Remember, this was divided into half. There was, you know, Erisin or Kedushin, and then later on Nisuin. Um, and if you only did the first half, uh, you still needed to get to get out of that, right? That's the uh, the Hareat Mikudesh at part. Um, and so let's say she needs to get, she's going to be divorced. Both she and her father can accept the get. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Ain't zochot kachat. But Rabbi Yehuda says two hands, you know, basically can't acquire uh, you know, an item on behalf of one person. So the only person who can accept the get for a Naram Ursa is actually the father. And again, this has to do with the fact that she's a minor. And if she is not able to, or any female, it's not just talking about the Naram Ursa, is unable to safeguard her get, right? She couldn't really know where her get is. She wouldn't be able to watch her get, then she's also not able to be divorced. So the first question the Gemara wants to ask is, what is the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda disagreeing with, right? So the rabbis basically say that God, right, gave the the Nara Mursa an additional person who can, meaning her father, 
uh, who can receive the, the get on her behalf. And Rabbi Yehuda holds, right, when her father is alive, her hands is nothing. And the only person who can receive the get is her father. So it has to do with sort of, you know, is this uh, in addition to or is it an only? And and again, I, I understand a little bit. I understand both positions. How could it be the rabbis are saying that she can get, but because she's a minor, we'll allow her father to accept her get as well. And then we come to, you know, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is basically saying, having two people being able to accept a get when it really just involves one party kind of just feels and sounds confusing. All right. Then the Gemara goes on, right? They really go back straight to the last clause of the Mishnah um, about that someone has, the, the woman has to be able to watch her own get. And here they they start with a brisa. Right? A minor girl who knows how to safeguard her get can be divorced. And if she doesn't know how, then she does not get divorced. And who is a, a girl who would know, a minor would know how to safeguard her bill divorce? It's any a minor girl who can safeguard her divorce, her, her get, and something else. And so then the Gemara says, Mike, am I right? What is the what what what's the Tana really saying here? Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says Hachik Amar. He's saying Kol Mishamer Davar Cher Mechamakita, right? Someone who safe who watches something else because of her get, right? So let's say she lost, like the example would be she lost her get, but she guards something else that she thought was her get. So you know it's a little bit of a roundabout explanation but the idea is as long as she knows that she should be watching something even if let's say she lost the get but she was like oh i'm watching this she thought something else was the get then she then she can get that now how you know that that's kind of the question uh that i have here um then it goes on to say so says now again this is not pc in any way shape or form but he's basically mm-hmm. saying that a, a katana right this now rami or sa is considered to have the status of a shota, right? As somebody who with intellectual disability. Right? So Rav Huna says, uh, Rav Huna Barmanok says the name of Rav Acha, uh, the son of Rav Ikah, right? What we're talking about is a, a, a girl who can distinguish between her get and something else. So it's not that she doesn't, in other words, she understands that her get is something that she has to safeguard and she doesn't just watch anything that she gets. So the Gemara then goes on to talk about this a little bit more. And, you know, basically what what can children distinguish or how do they understand that something has importance? But a lot of what's happening here, uh, you know, with this with this stuff is it's, it's trying to understand you know, sort of at what point do we say, I, I, I think there's a struggle there, which is on the one hand, we're saying the now Rami or Sa, right, this minor girl can be engaged. But on the other end, we're saying she's still a minor and she may not have the cognitive ability uh, to understand what, you know, that she needs this document, you know, sort of like how important this document is going to be to her. Now, I think what's bothersome about this is, is, uh, you know, is that, well, if she's not old enough to get a get, how could she possibly be old enough uh, to enter the status of Arison? 
but that doesn't seem to be a question of the Gemara. And so I think this is what it, I, I'm bothered by this passage. Like that to me is sort of the most obvious thing, right? If you can't get a get, how could you get married? Uh, but the Gemara does not seem to deal with that question at all. And I, I, I couldn't find a commentator who dealt with this either. So I think, I'm sorry to say this, but I think that the modern era has what to inform us about here, which is that I don't remember when this was, I guess a couple of years ago, right? There's a lot of investigation into things going on in Afghanistan and Pakistan and so on. And there were all these stories of how families, fathers were selling their female daughters into marriage so that the buyer the husband-to-be, whatever, the buyer would provide enough money that then the family would be able to buy food. And, I mean, there, there is nothing not atrocious about this story, right? It's a problem, the fact that there's, you know, the fact that they're too poor to buy food to begin with, problem. The fact that the solution is to sell the daughter into marriage, meaning a minor da- daughter into often, you know, an, an older businessman kind of liaison is, I think, devastating on many fronts. But it helps illustrate this kind of Gemara, the idea that there could be, for whatever reason, let's hope not this kind of terrible reason that is happening in the modern era, where they would, for whatever reason, you know, betroth their daughters to adults, really, is what's happening. And the betrothal, right, doesn't necessarily mean that they are already going off to live with, you know, as man and wife while she's still a very little girl, right? It means that there's a betrothal and she would need a get to get out of it, which I think is an important caveat as well. Yeah, I, I agree with with all of that, but it's just interesting. Again, I think that's like a little bit of the obvious question here, but the whole category of now Ramirasa, right, is not something that sits well with us today in the 21st century. Correct, correct. We want people to be able to choose their spouses at the proper age. Right. Well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Bring us reviews and all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Barber for hosting us on the Hydra website. Let us know what you thought about the stop in our Talking Down on Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.